probably about a year or so ago. Uh, I remember talking to Jared Ray, who you may have heard on our uh, monthly Power Bombcast wrestling podcast we do here on Giant Bomb. Uh, and he recommended something to me called VGCW. Uh, I didn't really understand what it was uh, at first. Uh, all he kind of told me was that it was this... Ri- someone had basically taken the ridiculous story editor uh, in WWE 13 and used it to create uh, a wrestling league exclusively populated with created versions of popular video game characters. Uh, I thought this sounded suitably ridiculous, uh, so I, I decided to watch an episode. Uh, and then that turned into two, and then a few more... And then suddenly, without even really realizing it, I found myself tuning in every week for a web show that essentially amounts to an EFED of recognizable characters battling it out in AI-controlled matches in a kind of broken wrestling game. Uh, it's hard to articulate exactly why VGCW is, is so entertaining, uh, so to help me do so, I thought it would be fun to talk with the man who made VGCW what it is. The enigmatic corporate overlord known as Baz McMahon joining me from his UK compound. How are you doing, man? I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm doing great, man. So uh, you are coming up on Endgame 7, which is uh, the uh, the sort of, I guess, not technically pay-per-view, but in the parlance of wrestling, pay-per-view ends end of season for, for what you do with VGCW. Uh, how's how's things been going with the, with the show lately? Uh, are you excited about the show coming up? I'm really excited about it, actually. It's probably the most I've ever worked on an Endgame so far. And I think that um, attributes to the fact that I've had a lot of free time lately, so I can do that. I mean, um, I've got the week off work currently, so I've been spending every moment that I can trying to make this the best show that I can possibly make it. And um, it's going to be a lot different from the previous Endgames. If uh, anyone's ever seen them, they will remember that it sort of ended with a final boss battle type deal. But this one's going to be more like a standard sort of WWE style pay-per-view. But it's, it's, I don't want people to think that, oh, it's not going to be as interesting because I'm still going to make it really fun and exciting. Now, it's 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 going to be hard to top last year's because last year's, like you said, did end with sort of like a boss battle. Uh, there was a whole ongoing storyline involving, uh, if I recall correctly, Kefka trying to collect a bunch of Dragon Balls. And then there was a whole cutscene thing where he literally turned into a giant evil like monster of some kind if i recall correctly yeah that was actually the one before the last one. okay that was five okay yeah the one the last one we had was actually um phoenix Wright was going uh, going against a alternate evil version of himself from another universe another time that that was phoenix wrong right yeah i think that's the unofficial name that we sort of gave him that was good. That was a good name. Um, <laughs> so, for those who aren't like super well versed in in the lore of, of VGCW, get, get, what's what? Give me the basic logline for it. What is the overview of what VGCW VGCW is on a week to week basis? It's pretty much a weekly wrestling show. I'm sure that most people are familiar with Monday Night Raw and SmackDown. It works the same sort of way. There's matches, there's storylines, feuds, title matches everything you would expect from a wrestling show. Uh, the only difference being that because it's AI versus AI, I have absolutely no say in who wins the matches. So unlike the WWE where they would book someone to win and you know John Cena would always go over, you always know who's going to win, who's going to lose, this is completely unpredictable. So when you're watching it, you don't know what's going to happen. And as they say in the game over and over, anything can happen. Yeah, and that's I think that's kind of one of the great joys of it is the idea that it is totally unpredictable. Um, not just because of you know the AI matches, but also because 
the game itself uh, lends itself to some some interesting quirks. Would you say? Yeah. To, <laughs> <laughs> to try and not uh, bad mouth the game too much, we'll, we'll call it quirky. You can speak di- diplomatically, but let's let's face it. There there are a few interesting quirks of the AI and other aspects of the game. Yeah, it's usually trying to work around the game. It's trying to get the game to. It's no pun intended. You're wrestling with the game to try and get it to do what it's supposed to. Sometimes, so you have to do things like you have to think outside the box. Like maybe if you want a tag team to come down to the ring together, like they should, you might have to pre-record them coming down to the ring so that it definitely happens, and various things along those lines. Right. Now, how long ago did you start this, and what was uh, what what was your inspiration to start this up? Uh, I started it around November, about a year ago. Okay. And the inspiration was actually a guy named Antraxo, who was streaming something very similar. It would be AI versus AI matches in, um, I think it was WWE 11 or 10, one or the other. It was too, they were still in the SmackDown versus Raw yeah. era during 2011, so that it might have been WWE 12. I think it was SmackDown versus Raw okay. 11. But um, anyway, he was doing kind of similar to what I was doing with um, AI versus AI video game characters fighting each other. But um, when I was watching him do it, I was enjoying it, but I thought it could be so much more. There's a lot more he could be doing with this. So I decided to get WWE 13, and I thought I'd give it a go myself. And it started out quite slow and a bit chaotic. I didn't really have as much going on like I did today like uh, I didn't have an intro or I didn't have cutscenes or storylines it was basically the same thing that he had going on but over time I sort of built it up and just through crowd reactions and things that happened in the game storylines sort of they started happening organically and naturally without me sort of wanting them to happen yeah, there's a there's a huge fan element to it because when you do the shows on Twitch and the live chat is arguably one of the biggest parts of the experience because people go absolutely apeshit for yeah. uh, everything that happens and you've you've taken sort of some of the fan reactions and some of the fan memes and and sort of inserted them into some of the storylines, right? Yeah, I mean, um, it's thanks to the fans that a lot of good stuff has happened in VGCW. Like the very first season that we had, the very first storyline that we had was um, completely by accident. It was um, when there was a Money in the Bank ladder match, which is where six um, contestants, whatever, compares, they yeah. are in the ring at the same time. They want to climb the ladder and they want to get the briefcase at the that's hanging above the ring. And because of the um, bad pathfinding that the AI has in the game, the match ended within about maybe two or three minutes. And uh, it was Zangief that won the match. And I decided that because it ended so quick, that the people watching would probably want it to last a bit longer, so I restarted the match. And when I restarted the match, it all went over again, and it lasted a lot longer, but this time, Little Mac from Punch-Out won the match. Right. And a lot of the fans were like, oh, no way, Zangief got screwed over, Little Mac's, <laughs> he's corporate, he's working for Bowser. And that sort of sparked an idea in my head that I can turn this into a storyline, and that's sort of where it went from there. Yeah, you actually ended up inserting yourself uh, through the body of in-game Vince McMahon into that whole uh, uh, proposition, right? Yeah, I did. I mean, um, it was sort of me speaking through him, but I didn't really... It wasn't really my personality. It was more Vince McMahon's personality that I sort of... What I did with him. 
you sort of and go was, after it a little bit. Yeah, I was I was very careful not to have any of the characters in the show refer to him as Baza. I always had them refer to him as Mr. McMahon, just so it's sort of me, but at the same time, you know, it's not all the way self-insert. I think deep down we all kind of wish we were Vince McMahon on some level, so I think that, <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, in a way. Now, now you write uh, all these storylines, you know, I mean, obviously some of it comes from the, the you know, the fan feedback and other things, but you you do all of the writing, and some of these stories are, are pretty elaborate. Um, how do you get around the fact that you have to write these stories not necessarily knowing what these match outcomes are going to be? Uh, it's, it can be hard sometimes. I mean, the the thing about all the storylines being elaborate is what's great about VGCW. Yeah. I mean, if you watch WWE, you're not going to get a time travel storyline or someone becoming a god storyline. But you can in VGCW, which what you know what makes it great. And as you said, sometimes where the matches are unpredictable and I don't know who's going to win, I have to write around that, which can be quite hard. So sometimes I have to sort of steer the storyline in the way I want it to go, regardless mm. of who wins. For example, if um, I wanted one person to win the match so that the story could progress, and if he didn't win, I would have like a backup planned. So maybe there'd be a cutscene where that person who wasn't supposed to win gets attacked, and then it can sort of roll from there in the direction I want. Right. Um, now, it, it, and also, like, when you're writing this stuff, you sometimes have to write, like, these branching paths, uh, you know, the, the story mode lets you, you know, come up with alternate cutscenes depending on outcomes. Uh, are there any storylines that you've, 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 or, you know, cutscenes that you've written that, uh, didn't end up airing to, to the, to the world, uh, that you were, uh, you kind of wish had? Um, I can't think of the top of my head, actually, but funny you should say that, because, I spent uh, about eight hours today and eight hours yesterday purely working on cutscenes for the upcoming Endgame 7 show. And I think in total I've recorded about ten cutscenes. And these aren't mm -hmm. ones that are just um, made in-game and then the game's going to show them. This is what I've recorded, edited, added sound and sound effects to, the whole the whole lot. Right. And um, out of ten that I've recorded, I think only eight of them are actually ever going to be seen just because... Mm. It's like um, the final match, the main event. There's two ways it can go. So depending on who wins, that's the ending you're going to see. Right. And there's one ending coming up for Endgame 7 that I really hope that the fans can see. <laughs> just because it's it's going to be so much better. And cool. the if the other person wins, it will be good for some people, but not for others. And I, I sort of know the way that fans are leaning towards one person rather than the other. So that's right. why I'm sort of hoping that they'll get to see that one. Cool. Um, now you, the, there's been a bunch of different characters that have appeared in this over time. Uh, you know, there, there's a, actually a pretty elaborate wiki up at VGCW.net that sort of goes over all the past and present characters. And it's an interesting variety. I mean, everyone from like Mike Hagar to, uh, various characters from Dragon Ball Z, uh, Luigi was in for a while until you decided to retire him, uh, after the year of Luigi came to its conclusion, which you could not have timed that better, I think. Uh, how do you uh, how do you go about deciding which characters are going to be inserted into the the greater scope of VGCW? Um, there's a few factors really. Sometimes it's based on just who I personally prefer, like who I think would be a good fit for the show. Uh, sometimes it's down to what the fans want. I mean, we've got um, the what we call the developmental show, the NXT of VGCW. 
which is run by a guy a guy named John Dubrow. Right. And he's got a bunch of characters, video game characters, on his show which aren't in VGW, which have the potential to be promoted onto the main show. So he does his show and I see what the fans how they react while they're watching it. And if I think, oh, they're they're liking this guy, I'll, I'll I should add him to the show pretty soon. Then that's sort of a way that he gets that they get promoted. There's all various ways, really. Yeah, I mean, the last uh, you you did a tournament, I think, this past season, where, which eventually resulted in Illidan oh, yeah. Storm Range, uh, a storm a storm rage, uh, getting inserted into the roster. Yeah, that was actually um, I actually enjoyed that concept just because. Uh, fans voted on, I think, about 10 or 12 characters that they wanted to be in VGCW. And uh, most of the time, it's you know it's my decision who gets into the show. But because they voted on these 12 or so characters, and they all fought in an AI versus AI tournament, that way I've got... I had absolutely no say who actually got into the show. And I didn't want Illidan to win. I don't think anyone did. Yeah. And at the end of it, I was like, oh, no, this is bad. I didn't want him to win. But then I sort of rolled with it, and I went with the whole, you know, make him a heel thing. And I, and I sort of uh, fed off of everyone's anger and decided I can use this. I can make this really good in the show. So it just it really worked out well that way. Yeah, and the way you, you used it was to pair him with the decidedly Paul Heyman-like uh, Gary Oak and, <laughs> and make him the mouthpiece for this this guy who just runs around and destroys everybody, but then ends up losing more matches than you would expect. Yeah. Uh, it, it's kind of a nice little you know way to play off of that, I thought. Yeah, um, the Gary Oak being Paul Heyman idea was actually a fan submitted. It was submitted to me um, via a private message. And usually I don't take fan suggestions for storylines and things that are sent to me. But this one I thought, that's actually a great idea because Gary Oak can be so charismatic and annoying and, you know, he can really get on people's nerves. Whereas Illidan, as much as people hate the character for making it through Star Road and into the show, there's not much I can do with him in terms of personality. So pairing him up with Gary Oak was like a perfect fit. Yeah, yeah, I think it worked out pretty well. Uh, you guys also have a, a women's league as well, right? We do. We have the women's division, which is run by Bryn. And it's the same concept as VGCW. AI versus AI, storylines, title matches, everything, except female video game right. characters. And it's it's a pretty you know similarly diverse roster from all corners of, of video games. Uh, is there a reason why you would have the separate leagues uh, versus just kind of mashing it all into one thing? Is it just a matter of, of technical issue of like the limited number of creator wrestler slots, that kind of thing? Yeah, kind of. I mean, in the previous game that I was using, I'm using um, WWE 2K14 right now. But in the previous game that I was using, WWE 13, there was only 50 creator character slots, which meant if I was going to have women and males on my show, there wouldn't be, you know, a lot that I could have on either roster. Right. So originally what I did was, it was me doing the women's show as a sort of pre-show before I would start the uh, men's division. But then it sort of uh, became popular and people wanted to see more of that. So I approached Bryn and I asked him if he wanted to um, take over and make it into a fully-fledged show, which he did. And um, even now with WWE 2K14, they've increased the amount of characters you can create. So I could really do the women's division myself, but it's just nice to have Bryn there to do that and to have someone with a different mind frame taking care of a separate show. 
You already, I mean, you are as it is. You already spend a lot of hours each week putting together each episode, right? Um, I think on average, a normal episode would take me anything from maybe two to five hours to make. And bigger shows like Endgame, I I've completely lost track of how long I've been working <laughs> on this. It's ridiculous. It's absurd. Yeah, I, I I imagine it would be pretty easy to lose yourself, especially like when you start piling ideas on top of ideas. Like, well, I could do this. Well, I could maybe I could have do this, and then just like next thing you know, it's two days later. Yeah, there's a lot more uh, that goes into it than a lot of people think. I mean, there's um, <clears throat> of course you've got to make the storylines in the game. You've got to queue up all the matches, but there's also things like finding the right music and entering all the text, thinking of plot ideas and doing the video editing. There's, and you've got to you know go to the forums and message boards and see what people are saying about the show to try and get feedback and there's a lot that goes into it that I don't think a lot of people realise but it's, it's still it's still a lot of fun to do. I'm glad you brought up the music because uh, that is by far one of my favorite aspects of the whole show. Uh, not just the themes, which uh, are often kind of weird, unexpected songs that I like. When you introduce the the Billy and Jimmy Lee, uh, that incredible, awful uh, Double Dragon <laughs> rap song, which I did not know existed, uh, fucking blew me away. The, you also have music that plays over the matches. Uh, a lot of it is like crazy remixes that I... Where do you find some of this stuff? Um, a lot of it is just things that I'm familiar with from games that I've played. Yeah. And... Um, well, most of it, to be honest, is fan-submitted. We've got the um, VGW forums with, where people post in the music suggestion thread, and they'll link me to all these different YouTube videos from games I've never even heard of, and there'll be like all kinds of battle themes and things that I just download and add into the um, music folder that I have. Um, the only problem with that is where I name the uh, track after, obviously, what it's called, and then I'll play it during a match. I won't be familiar with the music that they've sent me so sometimes I'll just click on a random song think let's see let's see how this goes and because I don't I don't recognize the name of the song it won't fit the match so sometimes there'll be like a silly match going on between two unimportant characters like Sonic or Tingle and then all of a sudden this dramatic music will start playing and I'm just like oh no what have I done (laughs) someone is about to get really angry with you for calling Sonic a silly unremarkable character Oh, I know, but... For what it's worth, I agree with you. Um, now, it, it, I, obviously, you're not really doing this for, for much of a profit. You have a donation section on the page, and you know you make a little bit of money doing this stuff. Uh, but do you worry at all about like copyright claims coming your way? I mean, you do use a lot of different music. Uh, obviously, there are likenesses of characters that are not officially licensed in any way, shape, or form. Uh, you use like, the, the Monday Night Raw theme for the, for the opening. Do you... Uh, do you worry about that at all? Um, kind of yes and no. I mean, as you said, I don't really make a lot of money from the show. I've, I make um, a very small amount from adverts that I play during loading screens because the loading uh, times in the game are so long that I've got time to throw in a few 30-second commercials. And, I mean, most of the money that I make myself comes from the, a retail job that I work. So I don't really make much money from the show. So if there was a chance that there was some sort of copyright claim and I couldn't make money off the show anymore, it wouldn't be that big a deal to me just because the first, I think, two seasons I did without um, being a partner on Twitch and I didn't have a donation button. I did it purely for free. 
and if if it comes to it and I don't make any money from VGW, I'll carry on doing it because it's still fun and I'm not going to let down the thousands of people that tune in every week to watch it. Yeah, I think I think at this point it seems like it's taken on kind of a life of its own yeah. in that regard. Yeah. Um before we uh, we talk a little bit about Endgame Seven itself, uh, I just want to talk to you a little bit about like sort of your history with with wrestling and video games and all that stuff. Sure. Um, I think you grew up a wrestling fan pretty much during the same period that I did. Uh, what was it that got you into professional wrestling to begin with? Like, what was the stuff you were watching the most? Oh, um, I can't remember ever getting into it just because um, I remember watching it when I was younger. I remember I had the VHS tapes of Survivor Series where Hogan fought undertaker and my brother had a lot of wrestling posters up on his wall like he had brett the hitman heart he had all the wrestling toys and i think that's what got me into it initially and i started watching it from there and there was the attitude era which i watched like maybe the first half of and then Mm -hmm. as i got a little bit older i sort of went away from wrestling it lost my interest and it was actually only about two years ago that i started watching it again and that was when a friend of mine linked me to a video of the infamous CM Punk pipe bomb. Yeah. And I watched it and I was like, wow, this guy's actually pretty cool. And I want to see more of him. So, I, you know, YouTube some more videos of CM Punk. Then I got to know the other characters that he's getting involved in. So I thought, well, I might as well start watching it again because why not? And it's now two years later and I'm watching Raw every week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just kind of ran the same thing that happened to me. Like I fell off during... I'm going to say the entire, most of the, the 2000s in general. Uh, and then, yeah, like around the time that CM Punk did the whole pipe bomb thing, uh, that was when I kind of got back into it. And I've rued the day ever since because, <laughs> man, I watched so much of it at this point. Um, what is some of your favorite stuff that's out there right now? Like, obviously, the WWE is kind of the major thing internationally. And, you know, I, 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 it seems like it's still a very big deal in the UK. But is there, like, other stuff outside of the WWE that you watch? Uh, not like I do with the WWE, like not every week, but sure. I've um, I've not sat down and watched Ring of Honor or TNA or anything like that. The only other exposure I've had to other promotions is I've had um, a couple guys link me to, I think it's called Joshi. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Which is yeah, that's uh, correct. I, I think it's like um, like a version of New Japan Pro Wrestling. I think it's exclusively women. I could be wrong. It is. Yeah, and, Joshi um, is generally referred to. I think is just like sort of the catch-all term for women's wrestling in Japan. Yeah, and I watched some um, full matches from that, and they were insanely good. Like I've, the things that they do on that compared to the WWE is like amazing because the things that they do there you would never actually see in WWE. And you just think, why can't the divas in the WWE do this? This is amazing. It's just a very different product, I think. You know, it's a different culture. Like the, the, the in Japan, they they treat wrestling in general much more seriously than they do in in most other regions. And like the women's wrestling, you know, kind of tends to follow suit. Whereas with the WWE and and, and divas wrestling, it's much more about just sort of the visual aspect of it than it is the actual wrestling. Yeah, I think they like to you know show off the beautiful women that they've got. And over in Japan, they've probably got less. They've probably got more lenient health and safety laws and things like that. Yeah. Uh, similar to the last question, but on the subject of video games, uh, were there any wrestling games that you uh, you grew up playing that you're especially fond of, or you know, really any games in general? Um, the ones I can remember, I had WWF Attitude on the PlayStation, which I thought oh, was, man. That was I thought that was pretty bad, actually. It was. I thought that was pretty terrible, and then I 
ended up finding WCW NWO Revenge on N64, ah. and I've never I never actually saw a WCW show, and I played this, and I thought I don't even care that it's not WWE. This game is fun as hell. Yeah. And I played that religiously, and then I think maybe a year or two later they made WrestleMania 2000 with the same engine, and it was just awesome. I think that's the most fun I've ever had for a wrestling game. Yeah, uh, those those games are definitely the ones I remember the most fondly, and you know I I now have a special place in my heart for WrestleMania 2000 after winning the uh, the PAX East Royal Rumble in that game. Uh, <laughs> I didn't actually see that. I'm gonna have to catch up on that. Yeah, there's a I think that's up on the 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 official PAX Twitch channel somewhere if you want to watch that silliness take place. Uh, a lot of bottles get broken over people's heads. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Sounds fun. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about Endgame 7 coming up here. you got a bunch of matches. Why don't you tell me a little bit what's on the card? Right, I think I've got about 10 matches booked in total. I think, I think about 7 of them are publicly known. So I've got my list up in front of me. Let's go through it. We've got um, a rivalry that happened purely by accident. We've got Hagar versus Tingle. And the <laughs> I watched the match that I think started that one up, and that was one of the most unexpectedly long and brutal matches I can remember seeing on the show in a while. It was um, it was after I finished one of the shows, I realized that the show ended so early, so I thought, I'll throw an extra match in there. And I just chose two random characters, which were Hagar and Tingle, and I put them in an Inferno match. And even though it wasn't supposed to happen, that ended up being the most, the best match of the night. Everyone loved it. So I did that, and then I've decided to have them in another match just because the fans liked it. And now they're one win apiece. So this match at Endgame 7 will be the tiebreaker. It's going to be a rubber match. Yeah, it's going to be a two out of three falls match to determine who's the winner overall. What if Tingle wins? Does that just totally destroy Hagar at that point? People are rooting for Tingle, though, which is surprising. He's He's an endearing character in a weird way. Yeah, I mean, at first I didn't think people were too warm to him, but... After how well they saw him do against Hagar, people have really warmed up to him, and now they want him to win. They sort of flip-turned on that. I'm very interested in seeing Tingle cut some promos after this. Oh, God, how would I write him? It'd just be about, <laughs> it'd just be about maps. Yeah, probably. All right, what else you got? Right, we have we have Kefka versus Illidan, which is going to be awesome, just because you know everyone knows about Illidan. He's the big bad tough to beat guy he come through star road and no one wanted him to get through and then there's kefka who everyone absolutely loves and he sort of turned into the bad news barrett of the of the league yeah he has and um, even though he's supposed to be a heel everyone loves him so i've sort of been pushing him as a tweener character and i think kefka and illidan are on sort of kayfabe the same sort of power level as each other okay. so people are really going to be looking forward to that match what else do we have? We also have Grey Fox versus the casual champion, Waluigi. This is actually uh, the second time that Waluigi's been the casual champion. And Grey Fox is quite a newcomer, and people still aren't sure what to make of him. Some people think that he's doing really well, despite the fact that he's not been there very long. And the other half think that he's absolutely awful. So we're just going to have to wait and see what happens in that match. I think that's going to be quite an interesting match. Time will tell. What else do we have? We have the end of a feud that has been spanning, I think, two seasons now, actually. We've got Guile versus Duke Nukem versus Ganondorf in a triple threat Hell in a Cell match. 
Now that's that's an interesting, weird confluence of characters because I, I I'm not even really sure how Ganon got thrown into this mix because he he was it was originally just Guile and, and Duke, sort yeah, of, it, like trying to be the ultimate USA guy in some way. What happened with that is um, I had a feud between Guile and Duke Nukem after their tag team split up, <clears throat> and after that uh, feud ended, it went to a different feud between Duke and Ganondorf. Then after that, it went to Ganon and Guile. But I thought, I didn't want to just book another feud that was one person feuding with another. I want to try and get a three-way feud going on, which is why I've got them three going at it together, which I thought would be a perfect mix since they've all recently been feuding with each other. Yeah, but, and, and the interesting thing is that, you know, in, in the Duke versus Guile thing, you would sort of expect Duke to be the bad guy, but Guile has been the huge asshole through all of this. Yeah, Guile is another character that, completely fan driven Guile was um, I mean, I recently asked uh, the fans who do you not want to see much of anymore because I thought it was time to get rid of some people and bring in some new characters to try and keep things more entertaining and keep it fresh and Guile was he got a lot of votes for to be released from VGCW so I thought rather than just releasing him straight away I thought I'll try and do something with him I'll see if I can make him interesting which is where the feud with him and Duke started with his whole heel turn. And I think now he's actually become probably the biggest heel in VCW history, and people were really liking him, even if it is just to boo him. Yeah. But the Hell in a Cell triple threat match, I'm hoping it's going to be a really good match, just because we haven't really seen uh, much of Hell in a Cell. Usually when we have a Hell in a Cell match, the game tends to keep them inside the ring. And right. very, very rarely do they break out of the cell, you know, climb on the top of the cage and go crazy. But where this is a triple threat match, there's a lot, um, there's a longer, there's a greater chance that the match is going to last longer because they're going to be breaking up pinfalls because they don't want them to get the win. So they right. carry on the match. So just because it lasts longer, I think there's a greater chance that they're going to start breaking out of the cage and doing all kinds of crazy shit. Everybody loves seeing people go off the cage into the table at the at the bottom. Everyone loves that. Yeah. We also have Ness from Earthbound taking on Pokemon Trainer Red. A battle of the plucky young boys. Yeah, and this is a feud that goes way back to maybe season one, where it was a Ness versus Red in an I Quit match, and it was a Red that won the match, which led to Ness being released. And it's now over a year later, and Ness has been on the developmental show. And since then, he's got a different um, character model. Someone else created the creator wrestler of him, and it looks so much better than the one I had before. So I thought, I want to bring him back. And I thought the best way to do it was to bring him back and have him fight the person that caused him to be fired in the first place. And a lot of people remember that I Quit match. That's when uh, that's when DGCW started getting the ball rolling with storylines and things. So I think people are going to be looking forward to that match. Cool. And then you got two more championship matches, right? Yep, we have uh, the Saiyans, made up of Vegeta and Nappa, versus Shadaloo, which are Sagat and M. Bison. And this is the first time in, I do think it's about a year, that the, the co-op championship, our tag team titles, have been on someone other than Areno and the Angry Video Game Nerd. Yeah, they... they... 
that that team up I, I i think i missed when that team up started but uh the entire time i've been watching they have pretty much been the the co-op champions i'm pretty sure yeah and i'm, I'm glad that they did have the titles taken away from them i'm a i'm a big fan of long title reigns because i think it makes the the belts seem more prestigious sure and um when m bison and sagat took the titles away from them it was quite a big upset because they've not really done anything remarkable in the whole time they've been in VCW and for them of all people to take it off them was quite crazy and um, I don't think the Saiyans have ever held the titles so this match would go either way so I don't think anyone knows where that match is going to go so that could be interesting cool we have hmm. oh yeah we have the whole red ring ranger plot oh yeah so on. there's a whole storyline that's been going on where uh, a bunch of characters have basically put on masks and become this this group known as the Ring Rangers, but kind of going around and semi ineptly interfering in various matches for the the sake of trying to get their names out there. And then you had a whole group of, of various groups all trying to track down and find out who those wrestlers were. Yeah, I mean the the whole idea behind the Ring Rangers is they've been attacking people who they believe to be in the main event scene in title matches for way too long. And they're gonna, they want to keep doing these attacks over and over until the message gotten out there that they want change to happen and they want you know, people in the mid-cards to start getting these opportunities. And the leader of the Ring Rangers, the Red Ring Ranger, has recently said that he's going to... He's basically given an open challenge to all the people hunting for him and he said he'll only appear if one of them fights him at Endgame 7. And not only will he fight them, but he'll unmask and reveal who he is. So the mastermind behind the whole thing is going to be having a match in Game 7 against either one of the Dragons, Dan Hibiki, or someone from the disciplinary committee. And we'll have to wait until Endgame 7 to find out who that's going to be. I just want to say I, I, I enjoyed that storyline very much, especially from the perspective of the people you threw into the Ring Rangers, because... Uh, Basically, the Octodad reveal was one of the, the, the funnier things I think you, you've done in a while. Yeah, um, I think the I think the funniest things that I've been doing myself is I love what I'm doing with the, the Dragons, Billy and yeah. Jimmy Lee. I, I don't know why, I just enjoy writing for them so much. They're such wonderful assholes. Yeah, they're just like up themselves and they're, like, they're sort of like big kids. They're like immature, but you, they was meant to be booked as heels initially. And when I first put them into VGCW, I regretted it. I was like, oh, I don't want these guys. There's not much I can do with them. I think they're boring. And then I started getting ideas of what I could do with them. And now they're probably my favorite tag team in the whole show. And one of those two could end up fighting the Red Ring Ranger in Game 7. You'll just have to tune in to find out. That's it. And then you've got the, uh, the VGCW title match. The main event. We've got the current champion, Proto-Man from the Mega Man series is defending his title against Scorpion from Mortal Kombat and I'm quite excited for this match actually usually at Endgame I've had the um, the plot orientated storyline match be the last match going on the show the main event mm -hmm. but this time I'm doing it the other way around I'm having the VCW title match be the main event as it should be really and um, I think a lot of fans are really looking forward to this just because Scorpion is kind of like the Daniel Bryan of VGCW. He's been in since the beginning, but he's never done anything majorly remarkable. Anytime he gets any sort of title shot or big match, he seems to choke, as the fans like to say. 
and this is his um, first title shot in over a year and I know that probably 99% of the people watching are going to be rooting for Scorpion which makes me feel bad for Proto Man because he's not meant to be a heel and he's not meant to be disliked but the fans are just so strongly behind Scorpion that that's just how it is. They he's just he's the win. John Cena in this equation, you know. It's like he's just he's he's supposed to be kind of a hero, but in the end, like everyone has yeah. already backed the opponent. So yeah, that's it. Um, and then you uh, there's 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 the money in the bank qualification to this match as well, right? Oh yeah, of course. There's um a few shows ago, I think maybe three or four. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, who is the current money in the bank holder stated that he's going to cash in on Proto-Man's next title defence, which happens to be in Game 7. And we know that he's, you know, Sonic's a man of his word, he's not going to lie about anything like that. So it's pretty much guaranteed that if Proto-Man wins a title, or retains a title, Sonic's going to cash in, have a title match, and try and become the champion. And if Scorpion wins the championship, it's very likely that Sonic will be cashing in at that point as well and a lot of fans are really nervous about that just because <laughs> they really want scorpion to win and even if he does win and sonic ends up cashing in it could be over in seconds it could be just like SummerSlam all over again and that would be horrifying because let's face it no one wants to see sonic the hedgehog as champion of anything no one does uh if he wins are you going to finally add the athletic tape and scarf uh you know what maybe maybe I think I'm closer to changing Knuckles to his redesign than Sonic. Fair, fair. Uh, well, that is co- when is uh, when is the show? It's it's on Tuesday, right? Yeah, it's this coming Tuesday, the thirteenth, and it's okay. going to be at eleven p.m. in the UK and six p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Cool. Which is the uh, standard? Every show is always on a Tuesday, same time, it, same place. It didn't used to be though, right? No, it used to be all over the place. I used to tweet out like only a few hours before my show started and be like, hey guys, there's, there's a show tonight, come watch it. But then um, people started missing out on plot and stories and no one knew what was going on. So I tried to find a day where I could do it and I didn't have to worry about having to get up for work in the morning because I've always got um, Wednesdays off work and even though it starts at, the show starts at 6 o'clock in America... For me, it doesn't end till one o'clock in the morning. Right. And even after the show ends, I've got to stay behind, talk to people, get reactions, and you know, I don't end up going to bed till two o'clock. So it's quite late. It's quite a late night for me when I stream. Do you foresee yourself doing VGCW for for a long time to come? Uh, I would like to say yes, as long as I keep coming up with ideas for storylines and. As long as there's fan interest, VGW will keep on going. Um, I really don't know how long it will be going on for. As I said, it just depends on the fans. If there's a demand for it, there will be VGCW. And, you know, just looking forward a little bit, uh, and, you know, this doesn't have to be, like, an overtly negative thing, but, you know, with, with the the promise of new wrestling video games coming out yearly and, you know, 2K15 coming out this year... Is there anything you would especially love to see in that game that would perhaps make your life a little easier in making this show? Less glitches. Okay. I mean, there's a lot, actually, that I would like. I mean, uh, there, there are, I'm going to be honest, there are a ridiculous amount of glitches and problems in the current run of WWE games. And just getting rid of all of those would make it a lot easier to make shows and a lot more enjoyable and less stressful. But it's also 
there's other things that I'd like to see, like um, silly things. For example, you can have backstage brawls in um, the current game. You can have like one versus two, one versus three, two versus three. But the the game lets you play as six people. You can have six people at the same time fighting. But it doesn't seem to be options for like one versus four or one versus five, which they've you been know. doing a lot of in WWE lately. Yeah, so I, I don't know a bit more variety in what you can do in terms of match types. For example, again, you can have um, a triple threat elimination match, and you can have the elimination chamber, which is enclosed in metal, so there's no way out. But the Hell in a Cell is also enclosed in metal with no way out. But you can't do elimination Hell in a Cell for some reason. And there's a lot of little discrepancies like that which I'd like to see cleaned up just to make the game a bit more diverse. Cool. Well, is there anything else you'd uh, you'd love to tell anyone who you know maybe has been heard of VGCW but hasn't had the chance to watch up to this point? Um, just give it a chance, give it a watch, see one show, and you'll probably say the same thing that everyone who has ever seen VGCW says, which is pretty much, "What the hell is this? This is weird." I like it. This is awesome. Cool. Uh, well, you can check out Endgame 7 this Tuesday night uh, on uh, Baz's Twitch feed, which is uh, twitch.tv slash B-A-Z-Z-A 87, uh, Baz 87. Uh, VGCW, you can find more information on that at vgcw.net. Baz, thanks again for taking the time to talk to me. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, mate. It's been enjoyable.